following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is an exclusive presentation of Dallas Cowboys Breaking News. What's up, everyone? I don't know if this is breaking news. There's some stuff that maybe broke uh, this week and this morning, and we're just here to talk about it. I'm Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Rob Phillips. You guys know us, and, you know, we're supposed to just do one podcast a week, but if stuff happens on Friday, you know. It's January, and football season's not 100% over until... You get all this staff stuff settled. So. Head, head on a swivel all the time. And so this morning, uh, Jerry Jones Oof. got on the radio and did some talking. <laughs> and uh, he was in a better mood than he was last Friday. I think last Friday was probably the reason why we were we had all this to talk this, about. This, yes. was, this was not a scheduled appearance, was it? He, no. ca- he called in to the fan because yeah. he had some stuff to say. Yeah. He, he didn't even just call it. Like, he told them ahead of time he was like hey i'm calling at 10 we got some stuff that we need to talk about so and every reporter in town is so excited about that um they they obviously want their chance to to interview jerry and and you know there's that's and that's been going on for the last couple years with with covid i mean usually jerry has made a lot more appearances uh just after a game or a training camp or whatever but you know it's kind of been 105.3 105.3 the fan that's that's done I would say the majority of of Jerry talk so and you well with players post game yeah you've yeah had, you've had I've had some yeah, yeah but but, you, Jer- but when it comes to Jerry though the guy that's saying stuff yeah I mean it, it definitely um you know it's re- resorting to the radio so let's, let's get to that let's see what he talked about what was and I'll start with you Rob what was the number one thing that he said this morning that kind of caught your attention well, I mean, Dan Quinn, we're here for breaking news about Dan Quinn, that he's staying and that Jerry termed it as for some years to come as the defensive coordinator. We'll see what happens a year from now, depending on how the team goes, how the defense performs. Maybe there's more opportunities for Dan Quinn going forward. But he put to rest any speculation about Mike McCarthy's job for 2022. And that's what everybody's been wondering for the last week. And uh I think that was that you could qualify as breaking news in itself, even though he told not the guys on the fan who did a good job yeah. asking the questions. Like I didn't create this. I you know this is speculation about Mike's job, and I never said that his job was in question. Yeah, I mean that's my big takeaway is just uh, just what just the quintessential Cowboys news cycle is what we just went through. It's not dull. It, but it's never dull. It, it, the way that it can just kind of materialize out of thin air, because whether he did it on purpose or not, Jerry did start this. He might not have meant to, but his lack of commentary on Mike's job security, and the question was specific. Yeah, it was. The question was, is Mike your coach in 2022? And he just was like, I don't want to talk about anybody on our staff. I'm not doing that. Uh, all the guys I want under contract are under contract. Which So, I mean, he did – Sort of say it, but he didn't say, hell yeah, Mike's our guy. Right. And so then the biggest, most visible franchise in the league that everybody in media, for better or for worse, knows generates conversation and attention, kind of starts taking that and running with it. I also don't think – I do not think it would have become what it was if Sean Payton hadn't coincidentally retired on Tuesday, which had nothing to do right. with this – Although I'm, you're going to get to that, I assume. Well, yeah, I mean, well, f- before we get to that, because you know, when Jerry talks about it, talks about Sean Payton and stuff like that, 
that's stuff that we we report on. We don't you know typically talk about other teams, players, or coaches. He's not another coach right now for another team. I mean, he is he's out there. I I, I guess like it's kind of weird. He, I mean, the Saints still hold his, still rights, hold his rights. So I, I mean, I do think you're still at the end of the day talking about. Yeah, somebody else's employee because for better and it's not just the Cowboys like any team that wanted to acquire him would they would have to compensate the Saints like you don't just call him and say hey come over here yeah and Jerry's Jerry was asked direct questions about him and 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 they're they're friends they have a relationship going forward and I think that was he was complimentary of his career as a coach it wasn't really in the perspective of Speculation about next year and what Sean would do and all of that, yeah. which is a whole another layer but, to this McCarthy well, stuff that his job is safe and all of that. And I, but again, I think I just think that threw gasoline on the fire. And obviously, no doubt. regardless of whether he meant to do it or not, like Jerry Jones recognized that this is something he needs to kind of put the kibosh on because again, he called unscheduled and was like, let's. Mike is not twisting in the wind. Mike helped me get Dan back here all week. And he actually, so I wrote the story about this. He did make an interesting comment that slipped past me um, when it was live. Uh He was like, he's like, Mike told y'all at his press conference that we had talked and he was good. And just nobody listened to him. Like, nobody cared that he said that. He, that did happen. Well, I know, but did, did Mike say specifically, yes, I was told? had a told, positive conversation. And I'm, and I'm going full steam ahead. That's and then, the way he put it. And, and, and so read into that how you want. Mike, but, Mike Fisher also was like, so this it's a non-issue for you. And Mike, was, Mike McCarthy was like, yeah. I mean, it's, it may, again, maybe he wasn't just like, yeah, Jerry told me I'm the guy for five more years. But it's semantics. It was... It seemed pretty clear coming from McCarthy that he wasn't really concerned about it. Jerry strikes again, though. But again, here we are Friday before the conference championship games. Yeah. And it's what happens. This you is know, the Dallas Cowboys. Good for us. We got a website to fill. As yeah. Dave said, in late January. I'm going to be, I'm a lot. They're not playing anymore. I'm a lot less stressed about, know. like, do we have enough content to get us through the next, you know, next week or <laughs> not, next weekend or Not whatever. playing anymore, but. Got a huge victory. He did say that. Quote, right? huge victory. Let's talk about Dan a, l- a little yeah. bit more there. Um, that that deserves to be yeah. the storyline, like more so than the stuff with Mike. Like it, It's pretty remarkable that they managed to keep him. I mean, when you think about all the, the jobs he was interviewing for, and, so then, and then without Dan talking, now it's just a lot of speculation. Maybe he didn't want a quarterback. Maybe he didn't like the quarterback situation in other places. Maybe he wants the coach here. Whatever it is, I just – I don't know if y'all got this feeling. I kind of got it about a week ago that just like this is not – and I, what I, I said was it's not a slam dunk that he's gone. Didn't know for sure that he was going to stay. I just got this feeling that it was not just that I'm out the door, I'm getting a job somewhere. And, and you know, I, I wonder how much Micah Parsons plays into this. You know, how much do you really want to coach this guy? Um, and, and, you know, maybe he'll carry him, you know, or they'll carry each other to, to greater things. I just, I, I thought it was a slam dunk. I just, I'm just doing the mental math. Like, okay, six of these eight openings have asked to talk to him and he's a finalist for two of them. And Denver and Chicago, those, those on paper, I'm not intimately familiar with them, but those look like good situations to me. I mean, Denver's got... Some great players in the secondary that you can work with, Simmons and Sertan. Um, obviously, I mean, Chicago, you, 
working with Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith sounds fun to me, plus the whatever you've got in Justin Fields. So I, I thought he was gone. I definitely thought he was gone. And credit credit to Jerry that he's not, I guess. I, I, I thought there was a chance that he could come back. One, because we kind of heard those rumblings. And two, there's a couple reasons. One, Jerry, when Jerry wants to keep somebody, whether it's or sign somebody, whether it's a free agent, Jerry finds a way to get it done. It doesn't always work with coaches, but he referenced a couple different situations in the last 15 years, one of them being Sean Payton. After the 04 season, Sean was the assistant head coach, quarterbacks coach, and the Raiders wanted him. And they bumped his salary up pretty nice to stay with with Bill Parcells. And then it was Jason Garrett after the 07 season when they won 13 games, staying on as the OC. So when Jerry wants something done like this, he can find a way to get it done. Whether he didn't, he didn't, and he didn't specifically talk about salary with Dan, but I, I think it's been reported sure. there was there was an extension there. He did, so, and again, something I missed. He did say the word extend. So like they extended Dan. He did say extend. He said, okay. yeah, he did. The other side of it too is you mentioned some of those good players on those other teams, and Justin Fields. Like I believe, I think he's going to turn out to be a really good starter in the league. But in terms of like the job openings that were out there. How many like true franchise quarterbacks are there? And if there's one thing I took away from the playoff weekend last week is you got to have one of those guys. And especially if you're going to coach in the AFC West moving forward. And I think that that Dan probably looked I don't know if he looked at it that way, but he's got enough clout and enough accomplishments as opposed to a first-year coordinator, a guy that's just starting out, to say, I could probably run this back yeah. and still have opportunities. The writing year. is absolutely on the wall that I mean, we'll be going through this again next year, just in terms of like Dan being a, a coordinator to know as far as job openings. Well, you know, if if the Cowboys don't make it to the divisional round or to play, you know, whatever, I don't know if we're going to be talking about it the same way. I mean, I don't. Well, it just depends on what it looks like, yeah. right? I mean, if the defense looks like it did this year and is pretty clearly not the reason why they're at home. Yeah. I don't I don't think it'll change anything for him. Well, no, I don't think it'll change anything for him. I think it'll change something for Mike McCarthy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, which would maybe change something for Dan Quinn. If if it's the same type of situation where, you know, the games that the Cowboys lost, you know, they lost in the Kansas City, couldn't score a touchdown. I think Dan Quinn did a pretty good job with that defense against Mahomes. And then, you know, like if it's losses like that where they're losing, they scored 17 points and didn't win, then, then yeah, I think, I think there's a way to, to do that. But I've always said this about assistants that might take over. It's like, as long as they're not the reason why the coach is getting fired, which I always thought was weird about Jason Garrett and, and Wade Phillips. Like, yeah. how's this going to happen? Yeah. You know, so it's it, always tricky. It, it's it's always a risk too for for a coach to. He may never be this hot as an assistant coming off of this seat. Like six teams plus wanting to talk to you. Yeah. But like I said, the guys won a Super Bowl as a DC. He really should have a Super Bowl as a head coach. That the way that thing ended. I know he doesn't, but he had his team in position to do that. Um, biggest comeback in in Super Bowl history. I mean, it's it's unfathomable what happened there against New England. Mm. Um, but to your point about Micah, like, yeah, I'm sure he looks at it like I've got two of maybe the top five best young defensive players in the league. Now, all three levels of this defense could look different, though, in terms of oh, yeah. the free agents and the guys they got to try to keep and, and, and to draft and all that stuff. Defense, we talk about it all the time. We've talked about it on our show. Like, 
it's harder to sustain top tier success on defense than it is on offense, especially when you think about everything that could be in flux. I mean, two of the five best playmakers on this defense are headed for free agency right now. Yeah. So I mean, they, yeah, you got to keep all that Randy stuff in and mind. Jaron Curse. But here, yeah. here's the thing about about having Dan Quinn back that I think is so exciting is that now, and we didn't see it last year because we didn't know what to expect. But I'm just gonna make up a, a random player. I don't even. I don't even just making up a guy like on Madden mode. Okay, there's a cool. linebacker named Chris Robinson, and he's a fourth year guy, and he played for the Colts and the Jets or whatever, and he's a special teams guy, and he's had a lot of. He started 12 games one year, but a mainly special teams guy. But he's really tall and long and whatever, and he signs here on a two year deal, and you're like, who's this guy? Just like we said about who's J. Ron Curse. But the difference is, is that Dan Quinn has vision for these guys. He had one for Curse. He had one for, for you know, a lot of those draft picks he brought in. So now, when he we now in free agency, when you sign some guy that just because you haven't heard of, you're like, well, I'm gonna hold hold judgment on this because Jaylon Curse should have been in the Pro Bowl and still might be, depending on alternates. Yeah. The, so the expectations on a million dollar signing in march are gonna be different this yeah. time around i would guess you're gonna be like okay well you know he oh he coached him in atlanta it's like well he coached casey in atlanta too and he was pretty good you know now keanu neal thing didn't really work out like i thought it would and yeah i thought he'd be better than that but you know it's funny you talked about vision though because i think mike is the best example of that like micah micah parsons oh, okay. yeah like mike. it is would previous regimes have been as creative or willing to jump him into situations like they did last year? Yeah. Week two, you lose Randy and Demarcus for that week two game against the Chargers. Say, no, he's, he's a defensive end. He's a pass rusher for 50 snaps, and, and he can do it, and, and to give to trust him to do that. I mean, that the point about you made about putting guys in position, like he's the best example of finding all it's like having a great trainer in boxing like that's what Quinn is to Micah Parsons and to me mm -hmm. having Quinn back to help Micah grow is as big as what you talk about having an OC and keep the structure in place for a quarterback uh, to me that's the same type of thing on defense well that makes a, sense that's a great segue we mm. can get into keeping the same structure on offense uh, with an offensive coordinator I thought one of the most interesting things that Jerry said was as when it was being reported again that Kellen Moore is interviewing for the second time with the Dolphins, and Jerry said, "Yes, I might get the sense that he will be back." So he, I guess he's he's predicting how the interview will go, or maybe he's hearing at what Miami's really looking for. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, if his... I got a guy for a second interview, I'm kind of like, who you know, who's got his locker? I mean, who's taking over his office? I mean, that's kind of what you're. Thank yeah, right? Absolutely. But uh, And I think Kellen's scheduled to go talk to them on, like, Monday or early next week was the report. But, yeah, I mean, Jerry made it sound like he's going to be back. And, honestly, that I don't think that should be surprising just with the way the season ended. The offense couldn't really find a groove for the second half of the season. I mean, I know people listening to this – I, I think I said this in the office yesterday, like the attitude from the fan base right now is either like if Kellen comes back, it's either, yeah, I guess that's fine. Or, oh, God, no, please, God, not Kellen yeah. Moore. Like no, nobody's like actively campaigning. <laughs> quite a, quite a uh, shift from dude, October. I'm going right? to remember this. I'm going to remember this season for a long time for a lot of reasons. But the 180, I just... <laughs> In October, like we were just buried in emails and questions and tweets about like what 
what are we going to have to do to like I can't watch Kellen coaching the the Dolphins next year. I just can't do it. What are we going to do? Jerry, do something. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. And now he's like public enemy number 1. And I'm not like he deserves criticism. Like the offense lost its mojo, but I still think it's funny how quickly things flipped for him. I'm glad you said that though cuz cuz I think there's fans that are still so pissed about this loss that you know Jerry's calling this a huge victory getting Dan Quinn and I think he's absolutely right because of what Dan I think Dan contributed to not just the defense but I think he helped change culture around here too um just with his presence but it doesn't change the fact that they didn't do what they needed to do or wanted to do and there are still problems that have to be fixed going forward and the offense is one of them I mean the offense is it's such a hard position to evaluate because Number one, the stats, all those things, the rankings, but like the eye tests shows they weren't the same group down the stretch, especially against the better defenses that they faced. And that's something they've got to fix. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, any any way you slice the numbers, is he just the number one offense? And I know that in yards, they rank that way. They're not ranked that way in other categories. And I think, and I think really, like you said, against, Against the better teams, a better competition, they they didn't do that. And my, my biggest issue with Kellen Moore is just the slow starts. And I think that does start with preparation. It starts with the coordinator. They, they, they for whatever the reason, they they seem to do a good job of adjusting, figuring it out later. But it's too late. It's been it was too late against Arizona. It was definitely too late against San Francisco. I mean, you can go now. It wasn't too late against the Giants early in the year, Carolina. There were some games where they kind of slowed, uh, had New England, they had some slow starts, New Orleans, and they were able to figure it out. But against the better teams, you start like that, you get punched in the mouth, you, you're pretty much in the ropes and staggered. In, in retrospect, I think, uh, and you can go back and find the quotes about stuff like this, like I think that early success and overcoming some of that early adversity gave them a false sense of confidence. Yeah. Or they yeah. leaned they leaned too much on it at any respect and that it was so frustrating like week after week it was like we know we can do it we've done it we'll turn it on and it's like okay well but why just why why don't you right. do it now like, right. why don't you, you just do it now a great example of that is <laughs> the game that kind of turned everything it seemed like is the Denver game especially offensively even though even though Denver's game plan wasn't the exact copycat thing that every team tried uh and then the following week, they put up 43. And probably that was the most dominant game yeah. that they played against Atlanta. And so even – I know I was like, oh, blueprint, huh? Okay, yeah. yeah. No, because we've seen for half a season what this offense can do. And so you weren't really worried about it. They weren't really worried about it. You know, it's what's funny about the Denver game – it's not funny, but like every other loss, the Arizona, San Francisco, the Tampa Bay game, o- uh, Oakland, sorry, the Raiders, and – Maybe not the Chiefs, but those four losses, if the Cowboys had like three more minutes on the clock, they probably would have won. The 60-minute game, but you know, three or four more minutes probably win that game. You could have had two more hours against Denver and oh. winning that game. I mean, Malik Turner is not going to keep catching touchdowns. In That's the one of those I mean, things, no. like, you have you ever been – I know you have. Like, you've been on the other side of a beatdown, yeah. and you get aggravated – you start playing prevent and you're like we sh- like I wanted to win this game 30 to 3 30 to 16 does yeah. not reflect what we did that's how I feel about the Denver game like Dallas didn't even good for Malik Turner for putting those stats up but like Dallas didn't deserve to save face yeah. in the fourth quarter you know like that's how badly they got destroyed well, and, in that game and, yeah and kind of to that point Jerry said after the game 
against the 49ers that the the score wasn't necessarily reflective of the way that game went. And it was, I think it was 23-7 at one point, and it just wasn't close until the very end. And and I, I got a little frustrated the day after we're talking about the last play. And look, you know, it that is frustrating. They didn't get that last heave to the end zone, but like enough wasn't done early to put you in position to probably win that football game. I don't I don't ever want to talk about the draw again. I mean, I know we're going to, but That's yeah, I agree. It's the the drive with 241 and all your timeouts that stands out in my mind more so than what they called in a borderline hopeless situation. All right. Another segue, because uh, the guy that didn't get it done <laughs> job, there, Dave. his name Thank is you. Dak Prescott. He's the quarterback, and they didn't make some all the throws, and they didn't get the snap off and all that good stuff. Well, Jerry, that's another thing that Jerry mentioned today. I mean, like, that's, to me, when he, he pushes, you know, all of his chips in because he already has literally pushed his chips in on Dak with, with paying him, and he's going to continue to do that, which the only, re- the only thing that I look at then is I, th- I say, well, if he's willing to do that about Dak, you could have done that again with McCarthy last Friday. Like you could have done that because you do it with other things. Like you do it with Dak. He's like his excitement level for this year. It starts with Dak. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. It's a his reason. He said he was like, I didn't want to talk about any of our coaches because we were trying to negotiate to keep Dan here, and I was like. What does guaranteeing McCarthy's future have to do with whether or not you can keep Quinn? Like I don't. That doesn't it's really. Just, he he. Yeah. He just kind of threw it all in one umbrella. I'm not talking about the staff at all. Yeah. Basically, Which is what he and said I think week. knowing Jerry, I've, we've all listened to him talk a lot. Like, I guess I get it in the sense of like, once he starts going, sometimes you don't know where it's going to end. So if he starts talking about McCarthy, maybe I, I guess I can see it. But interesting. Yeah. Well, and and. At this point, you know, he says his, his excitement starts with Dak. I mean, so does his payroll. I mean, like, yeah, when you look yeah. at everything, average per year, total contract, everything starts with Dak. So there really can't be another answer, right? I mean, there can't be any other. I mean, the the, the Giants are saying they're going to build around Daniel Jones. I mean, that, that's what you do. That's what you say. So yeah. that, I mean, it has to be that way. But I do I do think that they'd be very naive to, to not think that, you know, if you want him to get back to 2016 Dak and that guy, or at least that success, then the running game has to be there again. And and the offensive line has to be better. And your center has to be, I mean, he has to, he has to be an all pro, but he certainly needs to be better than what they have. I mean, I just think there's a lot of issues around Dak that, that got to be fixed. It's hard to do it's, it when it's he's the, eating up $40 million. It's the number one thing for me. The O-line slash running game, uh, in, in addition to Dak himself. And Dak has said, I've got, I got to be better. I think one reason why Jerry's so confident, like you said, he's not going anywhere. He's paying $40 million a year to him. But he knows how Dak works. I think we know how Dak works. I think we know Dak's going to put himself in position to be better. I think a year removed from that injury uh, – will help him maybe be willing more mobile than he was and and maybe we'll see more of that aspect of Dak's game next year um but he's got to be better he knows it and I think I think the scheme has to be better I think Mike McCarthy spoke to that after the season we've got to tweak some things even though it's going to be the same foundation of the scheme whether Kellen's back or not whether Kellen leaves for a job or not and we can sit here and say it but also when Hall of Fame quarterbacks say it, like Kurt Warner, who watches tape third-party-wise, or Troy Aikman says it, and why aren't the top receivers getting the ball? 
there are things they can do schematically to help Dak Prescott as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think everything y'all just said is fair, but I don't know. I think it's it's easy to overreact to the negatives. I mean, you're talking about getting back to 2016. I don't want that. I just need him to get back to September of 2021. I mean, they were doing all that stuff. They were averaging 160 on the ground. Like Dak was that was not a mirage. That happened. Dak was in the MVP conversation at about week 10 of the season. Right. And he had done it again. I mean, yeah, they beat up on some bad teams, but he had done it against some good teams. I mean, they set the NFL record for yards against a Belichick defense. And I mean, a pretty damn good defense that wound up going to the playoffs. Played one of the. I, I bring it up all the time. They lost the game. I get that. He played amazing against the reigning division or reigning Super Bowl champions. I mean, that success was there as recently as October. So I don't think you have to reinvent the wheel to get back to it. The running game's got to get better. The offensive line has to get better. I think Kellen Moore could do a better job of highlighting his playmakers. The regularity with which different receivers disappear from the game plan is ridiculous and shouldn't happen. But. I don't think it takes drastic changes to get back to being successful. Go go back and look at his passer ratings when they run the ball. Oh, I know. It's it is it's not, it is a when trend they that when he they play so much more efficiently. They were playing on God mode from the first week until Dak got hurt. Maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe it's well, not. But what I just but they were running the hell out of the ball. Right. Well, I mean, that is important. I don't want to get it twisted. Like, I All don't right. want Dak throwing 50 balls a game. All right. Well, then rank these things as as the reason for the drop-off. Because there, there obviously was. You said God mode. It, it certainly didn't finish that way. So let's, let's, let's rank it. Because I think you can – if you want to add a, a fifth one in here, but I think the four things you can say of why did it turn, um, in no particular order, the competition got better. Did they get figured out on defense like blueprint? Does Zeke's injury really help? And and how about or hurt? And how about Dak's injury? Yeah, of those four things, and it's a combination of all. Because sometimes on when you're taking tests, I mean, all of the above is the answer. No one likes that, but it is the, you know, what what do you think though is the biggest factor well, of those? You mentioned O line earlier. I would throw in that like Mike told us in the off season last year that. Wins are it equates to wins when you've got the same five all year long. How many combinations have they had over the last two years? And like, even yeah. even the mm. even the start to the season was good, but they could not seem to figure out the five they wanted until the iron, year. The irony it was self inflicted this year. No, I, they I, did it to themselves this year. They, I mean, trying look, they tried Connor McGovern Weird, going like, up to Arrowhead, who had never started at left guard before. <laughs> you're not gonna be able to hear, and you're going up against Chris Jones. We'll see how you do. Yeah. They like they they definitely benched Connor Williams. They pseudo benched Lyle Collins. I mean, yeah. whatever the whatever hell that was. Tyron's in and out of the lineup again. And they just decided to play tackle by committee one week when Tyron wasn't available. They're just like, yeah, like you'll do this in passing situations and you'll do this in running situations. We know no coach has ever said that that's a winning strategy, but we're just going to give it a try. And Ironically, I think they won that game. But yeah, and what they didn't do was they didn't have any kind of veteran competition for Tyler Biotish, yeah. ever. They never did. You've they been never. saying that they since summertime. They didn't pay Joe time. Looney. They could have paid Joe Looney yeah. in the offseason something. And it's almost like they didn't want him to be a progress stopper. But I just don't know how much progress they had. And I think the combination. Tyler Biotish would have been fine if you've got a, you know, Zach Martin, Ron Leary thing going on at guard. Or I think Connor Williams would have been fine with – with the Travis Frederick there at center. But the combination of the one, both, yeah. 
I think it's easy. You know, we we hear Bucky Brooks say all the time about where's Waldo and you're on defense and looking and where are you going to attack. You're going to go right there. I'm not going to mess with Zach Martin. I'm going to mess. I'm going to go right here and just try to figure something out. To answer your question, I think the injury to Zeke and whatever the hell happened with the offensive line, something yeah. something went awry there. That wasn't good enough to just dominate on the ground to the degree to make life really easy on Dak. And I, he he insisted he was healthy. I guess I have to take him at his word, yeah. but he, he either wasn't fully healthy or if he was, he just mentally wasn't in a trusting place where he's just going to let it rip and yeah. and not be worried about his injury. Something there prevented him from playing at a level where he could make up for that. And yeah, I, I mean, that's that's pretty much it as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah, that's and, to your point. When he came back from the injury, it was the Denver game that famous Denver game and he talked about how his footwork and his fundamentals weren't where they needed to be it seemed like maybe that wasn't he never really got back in the rhythm that he that in that regard too that he probably wanted to we're busting out those red white and blue helmets again or yes yes (laughs) yeah they look they look badass I don't care that they played like crap wear them again yeah just keep doing it until you you win you beat somebody with them all right uh real quick what 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 are we looking at here in the next uh couple weeks what's what's I know you've seen your bowl for you yeah I mean senior bowl takes on a new significance now because we we pretty like we know the staff I I don't know if they're going but yeah can get my eyes on some Dan Quinn guys. If you see a six three corner somewhere or something, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm watch for no, him. No, there's a there's a six four corner on the roster, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on you. Um, <laughs> what um, you got, Rob? What's going on? What are you? Um, what's on your plate here for uh, the next? Changing diapers, and and besides <laughs> besides that, um, you know, Mike McCarthy, that you know, they did the exit interviews with the players last week. This week, they're going through this process of evaluating what the coaching staff did this year. So. We know, obviously, we knew Mike was coming back regardless. Uh, Dan's back. Kellen very well may be back. Any other changes on the staff? Like, that's still yet to be determined. Yeah. And I think most most of the staff is under contract, but we'll see what yeah, may Joe, happen there. Joe Witt had some interviews. Yeah. I think, I yeah, there's like one coach that's out of contract, I think. Yep. There's, so. there's that, and, uh, you know, there's – Pro Bowl and there's guys up for awards coming up. We'll see if Micah Parsons gets any hardware coming up. And and by the way, I just wanted a little bit of extra breaking news. Pro Football Writers of America have put out their awards and stuff. Joe Burrow got comeback player of the year. Mm. Not Dak, but we'll see what the NFL award is here in a couple weeks. I mean same right same voters? Some of I, them are, I right? I assume so. With yeah. lots and lots of due respect to Dak, I I mean, I think people at large are gonna it's a, it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. And Joe Burrow is one of the stories of the season right now. Maybe it's because we were there, but I just thought it was a no-brainer that Dak would get that award because, I mean, you know, we saw it. I the, completely the, agree. The, I I foot said was pointing the wrong way. I said in October on our show that like just give Dak comeback player of the year right now. Just give it to him. I think I said it after they beat the Giants on the anniversary of his injury. It just looked like a more serious injury than Joe's. I, I I'm convinced I people change their votes. I mean yeah. if you can if you can, you know, elect a president in one day 
which you know sometimes we don't but for the most part you can i think you can you can do stuff like this in a week or two so i do think some guy right turns in dak prescott and then sees burrow win a, in the playoffs and say guys i'm changing that change my vote please even I bet it happens i i don't know if voting is still open in the playoffs but even if it isn't like burrow and i'm nobody's gonna obviously people think i'm compromised because of what i think about joe burrow but he tore like all the ligaments in his knee was back in, and that happened in December, by the way. It happened like the last month of the season. He was back healthy and ready for the opener, and the Bengals just caught fire. Like they, I mean, they picked fifth overall in in April, and won one of the toughest divisions in football, and are in the AFC title game. And like I said, I don't know when voting stops, but he's he's definitely worthy. I mean, he's definitely could easily win it. You could also say. For what Dak did, Dak is back Dak the, is incredibly deserving with the of contract it. to set Cowboy records to win twelve games. Yeah, both deserve. You know, so yeah. I mean, yeah, they they both, you know, and you know, I my point on comeback player of the year. I don't even think it should be one of those guys. I think it should be other guys. You know, I, I I'd vote Randy Gregory over both of them personally. But um, but that's, that's okay. That's a great point. That, that's yeah. it's a different it's, type of but, comeback, and you know, na- it n- narratives. Yeah, it's all built on narratives. If you go back to 14 I mean Romo Romo played like the MVP of the league from Thanksgiving on or mm-hmm. you know right around there like the second half of the season but by that point all of that stuff's kind of been written and it's yeah. Rodgers and it's Watt and it's like we don't have time to consider a new guy in December right but man I'll, he played like it for at least like seven weeks of that season yeah and then uh, I would imagine here in the next few days you'll probably hear some more um, Cowboys going to the Pro Bowl. For sure, C.D. Lamb. I mean, I'm, I'm, we, we we pretty much know that that's going to happen. There's these two receivers on either team of the NFC going to both go to the Super One is going to the Super Bowl. That's going to open up a spot. I'm pretty sure C.D. Lamb will be one of them. Are you trying to say that it's never quiet around here? It's never quiet. There's that's no- fine, though. Because I'm hopefully people are listening. and we'll, we'll, you know, I'm not saying we'll do this every Friday, but, you know... You know, if we'll if it if things pop up and Chris Beam back there is you know not on the golf course, then we'll. Uh, Chris lives here. What are we talking that's about? That's true. He's got a sleeping bag in there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for Chris Beam back there running uh, running the board, and David Hellman, Rob Phillips, I'm Nick Eatman. We'll see you next time on the Breaking News Friday <laughs> podcast, whenever that happens. But definitely next week though with the with the shows. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!